For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can get short-term results, for sure. Everyone can lose weight. There's no one else, no one in the planet, on the planet that can lose weight if you put them on a diet or in a calorie deficit. The problem is how long can you keep it up and how long can you actually live without putting the weight back on because you just went totally off limits, desperate, and go back went back to your old behaviors and your old habits what is up everybody my name is kyle matovic i am the host of the in liberty and health podcast where we talk all things liberty health and wellness and beyond my hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> all right. All right, everybody, this is In Liberty and Health, episode number 129. I'm somewhere around there. Um, I have the lovely Astrid Naranjo today with me. I hope I said that correctly. Um, go ahead, uh, give a little introduction to yourself and uh, who you are, what you do, and uh, you know what you're all about. My name is Astrid, as you mentioned. I'm a practice practicing dietitian and senior coach for Team BioLane. And I've been working as a dietitian since probably well 2012 um so about 10 years 10 years i don't know i just woke up sorry <laughs> my math is so, so terrible um yeah i don't know what else would you want to me to specifically talk to you about i have a i can talk to you about my story for hours so what specifically would you like your audience to know about me? Sure. Like, um, so what kind of got you into nutrition? And um, I guess kind of tail on to um, why you call yourself the anti-diet dietitian, because that um, was very, very attractive to me as a person who kind of had a problem with dogmatic approaches to nutrition. It seems like you're kind of above that. Like you kind of want to break people away from dogmatic approaches to nutrition and find something that's a little bit more suitable for them rather than 
um, you know, just being strict carnivore or keto or vegan or anything like that. Um, yeah. So I guess let's start with uh, what kind of got you into nutrition and uh, resistance training. Well, that is a very interesting question because that was when I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. I basically just loved to play and sleep and eat and go to the school. And that was all what I would do. Mm -hmm. um, but I just for some reason, randomly in the street, someone I never heard before mentioned something about, oh, she's pretty, but she's overweight. And like, what the heck? And that little comment that I don't know where it came from made me just change what I was sort of kind of coming to self-awareness and probably where I was heading to wasn't the right direction, but maybe was not also a very helpful comment. Mm -hmm. However, I took it in the positive way and like, let's go and let's start changing my lifestyle. Let's eat better. I was 12 years old. Bear in mind that I was still a kid, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to be a, or a bit more active and just stop eating pizzas at night before I go to bed. I went, I started going to the gym, started doing classes, and that's where I started just being very, very in love with nutrition and exercise. Exercise first, because I, at the beginning, I would still do like three hours of exercise in the gym and classes would come home and ask my mom to make me another pizza because there were, there were like little pizzas my mom would make for me it was like a Domino's pizza or something but I was not necessarily connecting the dots between just eat, exercising and eating well it was just like okay I need to eat now and deserve to eat something nice but uh, after a while I started getting to know all the personal trainers, I started to go and got into actual lifting weights. And around the 15 year old mark, I became personal trainer. I did a lot of different um, fitness courses to, to teach classes. And then around the probably two years later, I actually did a certification and, and it, it was called a athletes performance mentorship mentorship which was in arizona they were a group that currently they they call exos mm -hmm. and they are amazing at what they do in terms of performance forming athletes and getting the the connection between recovery nutrition performance training all at once and how important connecting all the dots the dots and making sure that it's a very holistic approach to the athletes is what is prioritized. So I think everything little by little started adding to my passion. And at the end of the day, decided, you know what, I, I didn't need to decide whether I want to be a nutritionist or dietitian or whether I want to be a physiotherapist or want to study medicine. I was in between those three. Um, so then I started ticking a couple of boxes and decide uh, I'm sort of like looking into what actually what I, I was going to be good at and I was going to enjoy so medicine I realized that every time I see blood I faint 
So I was like, um, I don't think that is going to be a good option for me. Mm -hmm. uh, so I decided, no, this is probably not the option. It's so long. Probably it's going to be like 40 years old and still studying. So, nah. Next, physiotherapy. I really like physiotherapy, but I was like, the pensum has like at least four subjects in physics. And no. Next one. So my last option was dietetics and nutrition. And when I looked at the pensum, was everything that I really, really liked. Um, yeah, let's do it. So I did get into dietetics. And my first thought when I started my, my course was I need to learn how to make a diet. I, that's, that's the whole point to dietetics, right? I was so, like, sure minded and I didn't have any idea what dietetics and nutrition actually was until I studied it and it so goes so so beyond just a diet uh, it's about human behaviors mindset physiology disease and how the human body works and biochemistry like this so so much and that on its own made me realize that I was here for more than just a meal plan because that's all I thought dietetics was. And I think a lot of people think that just dietetics are just about diets and meal plans because every time I meet someone, it's like, oh, can you make a meal plan for me? Like, you're not going to follow that shit to begin <laughs> with. So forget about it. I'm not going to do a meal plan for you. This is not the best way to change your nutrition if that's what you want. So moving forward to 2012, I finished my degree, did a bit of private practice, and two years later, I moved to Australia. And in Australia, I did my master's degree on nutrition dietetic practice, and this master's really helped me to Sort of thinking in terms of behavior change and how important it is that that component into changing someone's behaviors, habits, ways to think about certain things, ways to do things related back to nutrition and how can you better help your patients and clients to get to results, but more patient client driven rather than me telling them what to do. And, and that kind of, obviously, that you, you see much more than that. You see research, and there's a lot of component that goes into evidence-based practice. So there is a lot of things that go into those aspects as well. And straight after I finished my master's degree, I started working as a private dietitian in a private hospital for kind of half mental health and half rehab. And that's what I've been doing in the past seven, six, seven years. See, pretty much straight after I finished my master's degree, I started working as a dietitian in a hospital. So I do that part-time. And on the other half of my time, or probably more than half uh, after hours, I do coaching. So I am a nutrition coach for even beyond that period when I started working as a dietitian in this hospital. But it's more like when I actually 
started working for integrating more content. I was feeling more comfortable at doing everything in a second language, which mm -hmm. was the, the main thing that for me was kind of at the beginning, the, the most confronting and difficult part to overcome, to feel confident speaking, um, to find myself. Because when you move to another country, initially you, you don't really know who you are. Uh, what are you going to do? You have to start from zero, uh, sort of put your ego down and sort of study yourself, create a lot of self-awareness into what is going on in your mind, in your heart. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? Who you are? What do you want to uh, achieve? Who you want to help? And those questions came over and over in my head and I didn't even know any answers. I was like, I don't really know what, what who I am now because like I need to get from start from zero. No one knows who I am. And back home, probably I was one of the most well known dietitians in my country and I was starting to sort of get momentum and then moving here it's like whoa. Mm -hmm. back from zero and in another language so all right let's just go with the flow and do the, the things i need to to do so with my masters obviously i got that that confidence of getting to speak in front of an audience in english and be more confident around speaking things about nutrition with a, a very good with different terms that were more appropriate to com communicate nutrition. Um, and then years and years of putting myself out there, then I decided let's go and put myself more into social media. And just for the sake that I won't care anymore what I look like or how I feel about my self-confidence, if I can help just one person a day from wherever they are in the world and they can benefit from my message, I am going to be happy. So I switched my mindset and my approach when it, when it came to social media and it was no longer about me. It was about who can I help and who can benefit from my message. And then it kind of got much easier since when I changed the gears and I sort of, everyone else to fuck, you, fuck off I don't care if you're gonna judge me or if you because you're going to get criticized regardless whether you speak the best English and you're the most knowledgeable person or whether you are not so it's like who cares so whatever I yeah and pretty much moving fast forward that's who I am now that's what I do and back to your second question about anti-diet dietitian why did I choose that name initially I was when I chose that name I really thought that I wanted to teach people to stop just trying to change their body all the time because we always have this endless pursuit of changing our body because not because of we necessarily want to but because we feel pressure to so 
initially was like, how can I teach people that dieting is not the only solution for happiness? Because you can be in your best body shape possible and still feel miserable. So it's not about being in the best way, in the best shape possible. It is about trying to find what makes you not just happy, but what is sustainable for you. What, what can help you to just live your life in a sustainable manner where you're not affecting your health or you're not falling into needs that are not just, and, and, and not taking you anywhere, but are just getting you frustrated and getting you in a position where everything is off limits because everything is bad. So I think my main point to put that anti-diet was I want you to shift your mindset and your approach to nutrition. It's more like a fresh approach to that. I want you to think that nutrition goes beyond being on a diet all the time, being restricting or changing your body. It's about getting your yourself into a happy place within yourself that you are able to make choices that are going not just to make you obviously well nourished and provide you all the nutrition you need, but also learn a sustainable way to live with your diet and find that balance that is going to work for you without needing to go into extremes. Do you need to diet and enter certain phases if you want to change your physique? Absolutely. But even then, utilize the, the, right, <clears throat> the right flexible approach that is going to give you balance and is going to still get you where you need to be without falling into extremes. So all like the other word about anti-diet is like, I don't want you to utilize um, fat uh, diets or, or extreme approach that they are not necessarily going to get you long-term results. All right, guys. Um, I'm absolutely thrilled with the uh, show's new sponsor. Um, I am now sponsored and uh, have an affiliate through LMNT Electrolytes. Um, I have used these electrolytes for years. Um, back when I used to do a lot of fasting, in fact, I used to drink sometimes I want to say up to seven a day, seven little packets. So um, the packets are full of all the electrolytes that you need to perform and hydrate yourself properly. Um, you need sodium for pretty much every single function in your body, despite what um, a lot of people may tell you. Um, sodium doesn't actually cause a lot of the issues that uh, people kind of would have you believe. So um, just real quick to give you a little bit of facts. Um, you don't need sugar to hydrate. Electrolytes and water don't require glucose to pass through the gut. The average American consumes over 60 pounds of sugar a year. And um, when it comes to athletic performance, um, you can actually lose up to seven grams per day in hot climate. So um, make sure you click on the affiliate link below to get all your hydration needs. And like I said, I'm super stoked to have these guys um, teamed up with the podcast and uh, just make sure you get your uh, electrolytes through Element. All right, guys, thanks. You can get short-term results for sure. Everyone can lose weight. And there's no one else, no one in the planet, on the planet that can lose weight if you put them on a diet or in a calorie deficit. The problem is how long can you keep it up and how long can you actually live without putting the weight back on because you just went 
totally off limits, desperate, and go back, went back to your old behaviors and your old habits. So the main challenge is nowadays to teach people how do you maintain your new ways and learn how to live with your new identity. What is your new identity? Someone who moves more, someone who exercises resistance strength, someone who chooses to eat more vegetables, more fruits. So specific behaviors that you're going to utilize while you achieve your goal weight, while you're losing weight. And then when, once you achieve that goal weight, you need to utilize the same habits and behaviors that took you there to now maintain what you achieved. So, yeah, that's kind of where that name came about. Yeah, no, I really, really like that. And the reason why it resonated with me so much is because um, I'll keep the story relatively brief, but um, I did carnivore for two and a half years and I would be good for a week or two and then I'd binge. I'd be good for a week or two and then I'd binge. And then I'd be so happy with the progress of the weight that I lost, but I wouldn't keep it off. So now, you know, fast forward to about a year ago, um, I finally decided, okay, I'm going to start using carbon diet coach, which I absolutely love. Um, compliments to Lane. Um, and I'm going to start reintroducing carbohydrates. And then little did I know how much benefit I would see, not only like mentally, but just like overall, I felt so much better. And then now I can go out to dinner with my fiance and we enjoy margaritas and have a cheesecake afterwards. And we're happy and my weight stays relatively stable. Or if I'm looking to lose weight, then I keep it off but I still enjoy the stuff that I want to enjoy without being a complete and total binge. So um, the reason for me telling you that story is because I, I believe you have experience with this, but um, I didn't know that um, eating disorders actually had the highest mortality rate out of any um, mental disorder there is. So can you kind of touch on what you think fad diets, um, the issue with fad diets and how they can potentially lead to eating disorders? Yeah, absolutely. Majority of the times when we do a relationship between how fat diets can lead to eating disorders, go back to just all the extremes that you need to follow to achieve a certain physique and the amount of emphasis that is given to the scale and how it needs to drop and how much how important is that you got to do something super, super strict in, in order to achieve your goals. And the emphasis as well of losing weight really fast and as fast as you can to be, be the biggest loser. Uh, or even looking at when you do the assessment, all these different fat diet approach and the different ways they do things, is all there's always food groups that are eliminated. There is something that is always magical. There's always something that is really bad for you, that causes inflammation, that is um, making your body malfunction. There is always something that is going to come an excuse to make you feel that that is the only way, that is the best way to achieve a change, even if you're not happy or you don't like that approach, you feel like that is the only way I have to do it. So it, it, it brings so much restriction and so much 
um, of limits, put everything off limits for you, and it's so rigid that it's pretty much that all your energy has to be put on that. And there's so much willpower and amount of sacrifices you can do until you're actually no longer able to maintain it because there's there's a point where you just feel exhausted of continuously saying no to someone no because I, I can't eat that no I can't eat that I, I don't go out because that is go it's gonna go completely out of my diet I I, I would love to eat some something sweet but I can't eat it because that makes me fat so there's so many things that it's like a fear mongering all the time that it puts you obsessed with the only thing that you need to focus on at that point, which is scale and how how much weight you're losing. So it, it feels such a huge sacrifice and such a big focus on the weight that that is the only thing that you pretty much get rewarded for. Uh, oh yeah, I lose I lost weight today. The scale's down. Woo, good. But it is it is the wrong approach, especially when you want to do some. You're trying to lose weight not for the reason you think you're losing weight. A lot of people think, oh, I'm, I'm losing weight because I want to look better. But sometimes the why goes much deeper than that. Oh, I want to be actually fit for my grandsons when I'm older. I want to be able to fit in that dress. I want to just feel more confident. So they, people are not really understanding the why behind why they actually want to change their physique. Um, there is certainly like area and, and, and a place for everything, but is really understanding why you're doing this and the approaches you use are more are more connected to who you are and at the same time allow you to continue improving your the version of yourself to a better version without so much friction and so much restriction. The best way to help someone losing weight is putting the least amount of restriction um, and they still al allow them to enjoy their nutrition, their life, and teach them, which is the most important component, is teaching them that everything is available. There's nothing off limits. There's nothing good or bad. There's no good foods and bad foods. Everything comes down to portion sizes. Most of the times when it comes to weight management, food quantity, frequency, and Quality. Well, it is going to take a big component here when it comes to sustainability and good nourishment of your body. And when it comes to specifically fat loss or dieting, you can still lose weight on a poor quality diet, mm -hmm. but it's probably not the most sustainable when it comes to managing appetite, hunger, cravings, energy levels blood sugar levels, all of those things. On the other hand, we have that a poor quality diet, long-term, maintained long-term, is not going to be necessarily beneficial for your health. 
So it's trying to look at the bigger picture and having a good approach to why a fat diet from the very first thought uh, and the, the, the concept, the application is going to have different, different, probably different points and triggers that are going to lead a person to just have a very unhealthy relationship with food. Right. Yeah, I I definitely experienced that myself. And I see that in other people as well who tend to fall into these fad diets is that it's not a holistic picture. Um, and, and we just focus on that number on the scale, then that can get to be a dangerous trap. There was a tweet that I read today that I wanted to read to you and kind of get your thoughts on it. Um, I, I won't say the person's name because they're a relatively big name in fitness. And we're not trashing them, but um, they tweeted out, gradual weight loss is a myth, a grand lie perpetuated on the masses. Rapid weight loss works better, works faster, and leads to greater lasting changes. Um, to me, and I want your opinion on this as well, I think it's very, very bad advice because it's leading people to focus on one thing, and that's just the weight loss, rather than um, you know, what, what's the behaviors that you're instilling to get to a healthier place. And only that, we know, I mean, this has been well-researched now, and I'm sure you could speak to this better than I can, but the slower you lose the weight, typically the better, because you're going to maintain a little bit of a higher metabolism, and then you're also going to maintain more lean mass versus where if you just go on a, you know, five-day fast, <laughs> you'll lose weight. But, you know, what's the behavior there? So um, kind of speak to that and your thoughts surrounding that. Well, I have two thoughts. Obviously, I... I totally agree with you and I definitely believe in learning why you are losing weight in the first place and learning behaviors that are going to get yourself into a much better place long term. I partially agree with that statement just when you think about scenarios of people that are really, really obese mm -hmm. that need, that have their joints health compromised and if they don't lose weight quickly they are actually uh, a greater risk of having a poor quality of life so i do agree that you can have certain screens in your diet and achieve a faster rate of weight loss probably no more than 1.2 percent per week which is kind of the highest uh, for the weekly, a weekly rate of loss. But at the same time, you could experience up to 2% of, of weight loss per week for these super obese uh, patients or clients that they need to lose weight super quickly just because of the degree of their, their best obesity and how compromised their health is at that mm -hmm. point. Um, sometimes it is utilized in a specific, uh, like, medical procedures but if you are not able to lose this amount of weight by the time of your surgery you're not going to, you are at greater risk of having complications during the surgery itself sure. or with anesthetics or just the, the amount of fat that is around your liver is quite dangerous so we need to try to get you as as uh, to lose as much weight as possible before that happens so you're in a safer place so yes i Honestly, context is everything and you need to see each person individually and all the approaches are not going to be one fit one all. Obviously, good, a good or an ideal approach is probably 
going is slow, learning about yourself, learning about behavior change, learning habits that are going to transform and make things sustainable. If ever you utilize a rapid weight loss approach, it has to be sustained by why am I doing this in the first place? Mm -hmm. And what is the cost benefit for these specific patients or in this case, a client? And again, I would utilize, sometimes you can use very short weight loss sprints for clients to get them motivated, to get them to learn what rapid weight loss may feel and utilize it as a tool as well. I have sometimes clients that come to me and oh, I want to lose weight really quickly. Like, I don't think that is the best approach, but okay, if you want, let's try it. But this requires um, a great deal of sacrifice. You need to be really consistent and you have to follow these super low calorie diet. They last one week. You see? This didn't, this, this was not going to work. So are you going to listen to me now? Perfect. Let's do the right, the, do it the right way. So you can utilize it as a tool of teaching them, okay, what it feels like following a very aggressive approach with the best support, the right tools from someone who knows what the hell is she's doing. And at the same time, with the intention behind of teaching them, this is not sustainable. And if you really want to be able to maintain this rhythm, enjoy your life, being able to cope on a daily basis and at the same time not binge, not rebound, being able to spend time with your family and to function daily at work, this, this approach is not going to last for long. So let's be smart and do the, the things the right way. You don't need to be that aggressive to be able to lose weight. We need to find consistency. And in order to be consistent, we need to find the, a moderate approach that is going to work for you. It's going to give you results, maybe not as fast, but not as slow. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you still allow your body to, to have a break, to go at a better pace where your body can assimilate and adapt to those changes better. Nice. Um, yeah, that's all wonderful stuff. And I didn't think about it in the medical way, but um, I, I guess there also is a lot of literature suggesting that the more obese you are, then the faster you can lose weight because you're already in a state of um, so much you know, energy excess that you can strip the pounds off pretty quick and you're not going to really harm lean mass. Um, one thing that I changed my mind on, especially since kind of coming to a more flexible dieting approach, was the artificial sweeteners. And I've seen you put up quite a few videos on artificial sweeteners. I feel like this is such a sticky topic and people really get anal and nasty about this they they really don't like artificial sweeteners and they can't seem to accept that um to me and from what i've seen it seems like they're relatively benign um what are your thoughts on artificial sweeteners should we avoid them are they going to destroy our gut or are they relatively benign artificial sweeteners is such a debated topic and for from what the literature literature says and back to going back to evidence there are plenty of research backing up the safety of utilizing them. 
Now, once some some of the old ones probably are not um as 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 well as recommended as other ones. So let's say the sweet and low, saccharine, all of those probably have been found in some research papers that they are not as safe as potentially when we refer to sucralose or aspartame, which are the most well-known is Splenda and, and Equal. These two are seem to be the, the most popular ones and seem to have a really good amount of research supporting the how safe they are. Um, and the tolerance threshold for those is very, very high. So you can you can have to give you a pers some perspective to in order to reach a toxic level, you need to have at least 35 to 36 counts of diacoke daily, mm -hmm. every day for the rest of your life to get toxicity. It's not like you had one day 36 counts and you got to toxicity or or consequences from it. You have it's to right do at it the 36 can it finally endangered you. Yeah, every <laughs> single day, every day for the rest of your life. And sometimes that is a bit unrealistic for a lot of people. Can someone drink 36 cans of salt? Yeah. If they're in a dieting phase and that's nothing else that I can eat, probably they will have that. But again, make, those makes a poison and frequency and how long you take things and zooming out also what the what is the quality of your diet like and what are what are other things that you do with your nutrition or habits or behaviors. I'd rather you hundred percent drink diet coke than go and drink alcohol. Hundred percent. A thousand times. And for all the, the reasons that you already know on alcohol can be so damaging for your brain, for your health, short-term, long-term, just don't drink alcohol. Just in moderation. Very, very small amount. Very little. I hate alcohol, so for me, it's easy to talk about it. I know for those wine lovers or beer lovers, it's okay. It's a little bit, but not too much. Um, no, don't, don't get in too excited about it. So <laughs> that's it. That's pretty much it. Really, if um, that is much more variety at the moment um natural low calorie sweeteners where we find stevia monk fruit erythritol manitol we have a, a bunch of them that can can be fine as well actually the the research on these newer uh, natural sweeteners are not it's not as thorough and as strong at the moment because they're quite new and actually equal or aspartame and sucralose have much more data to back their safety at this stage what's going on guys um we're going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about these show sponsors and the way that you can support me and this podcast um i'm sponsored by axe and sledge won't really focus in here, but uh, right here in my hand, I have their um, the grind, which is essential amino acids and hydration. Um, feel free to check it out. Um, this is your mom's sweet peach. They have some awesome flavors and awesome names. They also have multivitamins, fat burners, creatine, beta, beta alanine. 
um, all sorts of different supplements to help you get all jacked and tan and help you become a person more full of uh, liberty and health as this show is about. So um, if you want to support me and support this podcast, then feel free to go to axonsledge.com and check out um, all their great supplements there and use code Matovic10, that's M-A-T-O-V-C-I-K-1-0 at checkout for a little discount and to let them know I sent you their way. All right, everybody. Thanks. Now back on to the show. But it, it comes back to pre personal preference and back to the dose makes the poison, how much you actually utilize it. Mm -hmm. A little bit is not going to harm you. You asked about gut microbiome. Recently, there was a study that came out that was really blaming onto um, all the artificial sweeteners and how bad it was for gut microbiome. The actual study wasn't that well designed and had a couple of flaws. But looking at the overall number of research that's not it's not just that one it says that there are a couple of artificial sweeteners that may have a little more effects but back back again to context and what is the quality of your diet how much fiber do you consume pro, uh, prebiotics and uh, fermentable fibers that are going to promote a, a really good variety on your gut microbiome that is more important than just fixing on the minutia that if you have artificial sweetener, it's going to destroy your gut. Mm -hmm. And the overall consensus coming back to what the, the safety is for your gut microbiome, again, comes back to the dose. Like if you are going to have huge amounts of these artificial sweeteners on a daily basis for the rest of your life, maybe there might be some effects but probably it's going to be very individual. Some people will have some effects, some people won't. And at the end of the day, it's back to moderation and finding a very healthy balance between the foods you eat, the things you utilize to make your diet a little bit more palatable without the excess of calories that come from added sugars and things like that. But honestly, it is totally safe, it's fine, and you can enjoy them and make your life easier, especially if you're dieting. Or even if you just want to maintain a healthier lifestyle without, like, especially drinks, but it's so easy to just add additional sugar and just have empty calories that contribute to excess body weight. So maintaining, gaining, losing weight, whichever stage or phase you are, in right now, artificial sweeteners are totally safe and you can utilize it as a tool to help you achieve your goals. Yeah, I think more and more people need to hear that. And uh, I definitely found that uh, drinking artificial sweetened pop actually is very, very enjoyable. Because I used to drink pop all the time as a kid, but then I quit. Um, how, what, I had... I had something there for a second, but it's completely slipped my mind. Um, <laughs> anyways, I, I, you've been very, very generous with your time. I don't want to keep you too, too much longer because I know you were on a little bit of a time limit. Um, I got one question for you, and then we can do plugs. Um, Astrid, what does health look like to you? Okay, well, that is a good question. Um, <laughs> basically, I think it comes as a summary of everything I've talked to you about health. Is a is a stage where you have 
uh, a good quality of life given by your health status so being healthy not being or have presence of disease or pain or aches or things that are really affecting your quality of life overall bringing some of that to your mental health so having a good relationship with your with your body with food with people um knowing that you can achieve happiness and by happiness i mean being grateful feeling good about yourself being confident and do all the things you want to achieve in in a peaceful way in a in a healthy way i don't know how to describe it it's so hard it's such a difficult question but honestly i think it comes back to um, reaching a, a state of mind body and soul all together in a that they all are in a good place i don't know how to explain it i'm sorry i think i'm not i'm not have the best answer for you today <laughs> but i think it is just coming for finding that balance between mental health physical health and emotional health hopefully it makes sense no, no, no. I think it's a, a beautiful answer, and I really, really uh, liked it. Um, what I was going to say earlier is that um, the people who freak out about artificial sweeteners, um, a regular can of regular Coke is going to be 130 calories. You could eat about a pound of strawberries for that same amount of calories that's in that can of Coke. So um, if the difference between you losing weight and gaining weight is artificial sweeteners, then I'm going to tell you drink the artificial sweeteners all day, every day, if that's going to get you to where you want to go into better health. Um, and I think most people would agree. Um, Astrid, where can everybody find you? You can find me on my Instagram, which is the main place where I am all the time, anti-diet underscore dietitian. I do have a personal account as well that is called Astrid Nar of Naranjo, APD. That is also one since Instagram is linked in my bio and you can find me on TikTok and YouTube. Nice. Well, I've uh, really enjoyed checking all those out. So hopefully everybody got a lot from this conversation. I know I certainly did. Um, and what do you got cool going on in the future? Ooh, I am hopefully traveling to the US, to the Arnold in oh. March next year, just mm -hmm. to sort of have an... Um, a good time with the team, Team Biolane and, and Holly and Lane over there. Uh, apart from that, I'm going to my honeymoon in October. So I'm going to be traveling to London, taking a cruise. Oh, uh, nice. To, that goes all the way to New York. I'm so excited about that. I am looking forward to that. That is obviously not a dietetics project or anything like that. <laughs> but apart from that, really, whatever comes to to life, just doing more podcasts, doing more videos that are educating people, continue to educate myself and put myself out there to be a better professional. Mm -hmm. I think a little bit of everything. Nice. Well, that's all sounds uh, really, really exciting. And, um, you know, everybody listening right now, make sure you go check out Team BioLane because I've gotten 
I mean, it literally has changed my life. The work that you guys do has changed my life and it brought me out of uh, carnivore zealotry and low carb dogma to being a little bit more well-rounded and actually a lot more informed. And I think that um, in effect has helped me help other people with their goals with nutrition and health. So um, Ashton, if you got anything else, we'll close her out. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, it's been awesome. Thanks, Astrid. Um, I hope everybody uh, enjoyed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.